the Koi Gig part on Off The Ball. I think it's frustrating that only one club goes down. That has helped a lot of teams because they've not been punished for not giving them the funds and the resources that they deserve. Subscribe to the Koi Gig part on the Off The Ball app now. Zebo going on his own! He gets the try! The Red 78. We're both monster people. Everybody gets over the line! Try from Munster! Nobody knows Munster rugby better. Hello and welcome to the Red 78, a Munster podcast for Munster fans. Coming up on this week's show, Fiona, Alan and I catch up after a couple of weeks apart. Flats have had serious FOMO in the meantime. Munster win at Parky Queef. Surely it's time for a big European game or URC game down in the park. We'll preview Friday's clash with Scarlets and we will look at Munster's players involved in the Six Nations as well. It's all to come this week's episode of the Red 78 podcast. I'm Rory O'Hagan from Off The Ball. I'm joined by Munster legends Alan Quinlan and Fiona Hayes. Lads, it's been a while. Have you missed me? Tell the truth. I have. And I think Rory, myself and you are looking as pale as ever. But Quinny looks like he has an old tan going on there. I'd say he had a few trips in the last couple of weeks. Would you, Rory? Yes, yeah, tough life he has, right, isn't it? Down Marseille, <laughs> sunning himself up. Uh, there was no, a small bit of sun in Marseille, right? Yeah, it was a great trip. It was great results. Um been a few weeks it's kind of strange isn't it this break um it's good for the players i think and it's obviously good for the coaches and 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 for the urc the whole reason of doing this is um not to have major distraction during the six nations tournament but um chance for monster kind of recharge the batteries and all the other teams as well but particularly when we're talking about monster all the injuries they've they've had and um couple of players back this week which will, will hopefully help them as well so um, they've got to get back on track don't they you know the, we had the Crusaders game uh, two weeks ago and uh, well a week and a half ago and that was a really positive kind of result um, a few people saying Munster the world champions now club <laughs> world champions uh, into that, yeah. but I think the URC table, which I know you're going to get into as well, Rory, is uh, that's the most important thing now. They're sitting 12th. Now, there is only six points off, uh, four place, but they need to go on a run now. And mm. We'll talk about that. We certainly will. Quinny never said he missed me, Fiona. I know it's terrible. Poor Not showing the love he played it. Cool. I did. I, of course, of course, it is. Of course, it is. <laughs> actually, my Facebook memories this week a photograph popped up of me meeting Quinny eight years ago with my daughter. My goodness. Yeah, himself yeah. and uh, John Hayes were inside in Red FM with the Six Nations trophy. So I brought my daughter yes. in to meet a legend. So it was a uh, really nice to meet John. Who John Hayes was it? <laughs> none, none, none of us have aged any bit. No, we've gotten better with age, Quinny. If anything, to be perfectly honest. Um, let's before we talk about that Crusaders game, um, let's go through some of the comments, Fiona, um, and see what people have been saying in our absence in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's kind of looking at the Scarlet Head. A, a lot of people were focusing on Rasker had Orgy and Tom both available for selection. That could be a major subject for Scarlets and their line-out preparation this week. Um, Dahi had hopefully some feel-good factor will boost the Munster camp with those returning Irish players. And we can also build on the Crusaders' victory positivity like we had after the South Africa South Africa victory last season and he's looking forward to the podcast um, Niamh said would love to see a good performance for the full 80 minutes we need to get over this hump and I suppose Trevor as we were saying now that we're world champs you're dead right Trevor we are of course um, there's no doubt we're heading for another mahusive bout of season ending injuries <laughs> I just want us to come through the game um, with no season ending injuries please if that's not too much to ask for Santa we've all been good 
Well, let's hope we don't pick up any injuries on Friday night anyway. But let's start, lads. We are the world champions. We might as well celebrate that fact. Uh, Munster beating the Crusaders in front of a crowd of over 40,000 down at Super Value Park in Cueve was a great occasion. Maybe Fiona Hayes not the greatest game of rugby we've ever seen. No, not. But look, there was a, a lot of changes uh, to the starting squad. A lot of guys that have been playing AIL got a chance to get a run out in, in front of 40,000 um, uh, people down in Cork. And I thought the the kick at the end was a great kind yeah. of anticipation of whether he'd kick it over, whether we'd become world champs or not. And I suppose there was a couple of good tries as well, though, Rory, in the mix there. I mm. thought, um, obviously, the Shane Daly not grounding tr- Right. So that would have been absolutely yeah, beautiful offload by Ethan Cochran in the run up to that as well. So there was some lovely play in the in the first half in particular. I thought it probably a bit of a slump in the second half, but they come out on top and actually the, the line out was functioning very well also against that Crusaders team. So there was a couple of positives to take. But I think it's just overall the occasion and the lads getting the run out and of course the win would have been absolutely brilliant yeah it was a good win to be fair 21-19 was how it finished down there um, Cunny surely at this stage it's like we've had two sold out games now at Parky Cueve um, Super Valley Parky Cueve as it's now known um, that's incredible first off but it's surely time now that there's like a competitive game has to be played there I mean like I asked Graham Rowntree I said is the next step a competitive game he said that was a competitive game and I said Graham <laughs> you know what I mean a European game or a, a URC game but surely it's time now after these two games Cunny yeah I would think so um, I think I've said this before to you I'm, I'm a neutral being from Tipperary and uh, I gave all my career driving up and down to Cork and driving <laughs> to Limerick and, and you know I obviously eventually living in Limerick and stuff so I never really had a problem with the either place being the, the kind of centre of excellence um, obviously that's happened now and, and it's in the university but there's always been a little bit of an undertone between Limerick and Cork and who's getting what matches and stuff like that Tomlin Park is a um, historic iconic event uh, um, stadium so much history to the place uh, Virgin Media Park as it's known now is you know that was so, so many fond memories of playing for Munster over the years there as well so, um, yeah, taking any sort of bias, if you're from Limerick or Cork, obviously people are going to kind of argue the toss a bit and say, well, the matches should be in Limerick and that's the home of rugby. But you've got to service and, and support the Cork um, the Cork rugby players and rugby um, pundits and fans as well, you know. And I think, you know, there's some great clubs in Cork. Um, rugby is a very passion, uh, passionate sport there as well. So... We've seen from the South Africa game, um, the I, I suppose the, the novelty factor of having these two games and the Crusaders game, they worked brilliantly. I, I think to answer your question, yes, I'd love to see a competitive fixture there because you know when you get into the knockout stages, semi-finals, I think you have to have a capacity. I'm not sure the exact capacity, but it's it's it has to be over twenty five thousand anyway. So. Um, Cork would, would, would kind of fit the bill there and I think it's the obvious choice I think it's going to happen um, if Monster had been you know, who knows what's happened well you know they play Northampton on around 16 so they're away they win that they're more likely to be away to, to the Bulls in South Africa so they don't have that option of of kind of u- using it as a, a super value Parky Cueve as a venue this year but I would love to see a knockout mm. knockout game there or even one of the pool games there, um, 
problem you have here, and it comes down to brass tacks, you know, mm. it, it, it would make more money for Munster Rugby, but there's a stadium that has to be paid for still and, and mm. get service in Thoman Park. So you kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. Yeah, but yeah. ultimately you make more money with more capacity and more, more people on seats. And I think it's been brilliant. And I think, I'd have no doubt, if there, even if it, was, if it was a pool game or a URC game there, a lot of talk about the the the, the Munster Leinster one at Christmas. Um, will we see one of those? I hope we do because I think the people of Cork would would deserve that, uh, mm. and it would be lovely because you know obviously when all the games and the big games in Tolman Park, they're travelling up and down a lot. It'd be nice to have a big, um, competitive game like the question you asked—a competitive mm. league game or or a knockout. Uh, pool ERC or a knockout ERC game would be brilliant yeah well being Cork based I'm biased and I want to see as many Munster games here as possible let's hope we get some big <laughs> games down in Super Valley Park Equive. not a whole lot else to pour from that game really is there Fiona I mean like I'm just looking at my notes the, the biggest note I have is Lee Halfpenny doing a hack in Park Equive is a very very strange sentence to read yeah, that was a bit mad looking at yeah. that, and then and then obviously followed up very shortly afterwards by a, an injury to his pec muscle. So obviously he hadn't practiced these moves enough. <laughs> I'm, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. But look, um, as I said, it was just it was a, it was a good occasion. It was it was there was some nice rugby played at times. Mm. Probably. Um, be disappointed how they defended that first kind of Crusaders try and the blind wing but other than that I thought they, the lads put in a really good shift and you know even Gavin Coombs in second row I thought he was super around the pitch um, big ball carrying a lot of the time we see him more involved in the game when he's playing at eight and trying to establish himself I suppose in the second row and carry ball I haven't seen it enough and definitely in this game I thought he got on a lot of scrappy ball some big carries and obviously that close to the line he is the first person you want carrying the ball over it so I thought he had a bit of a huge game and Joey Carberry to get the, yeah. the game in as well was was brilliant and I thought himself and Ethan Coughlin actually worked exceptionally well together it's good for Ethan to be on a, a game like that and get that kind of game day sense of how Joey plays and, and in and around that so I thought the two of them actually built up a nice partnership as the game went on Yeah certainly did Alright we previewed the uh, the Scarlets game uh, in a bit that's coming up this coming Friday 7.35 kickoff. but let's look at how the Munster players first off have been performing at the Six Nations and I suppose when you're going into it all the, the question marks were on Jack Crowley and the weight of expectations on his shoulders but he's answered those questions just expertly yeah, he has. I think he's. Um, it's been a, a roaring success. I think the the scrutiny on on the, in it that goes with that position for in normal circumstances, you know, um, in any game of rugby, your ten is there's a lot of scrutiny in your your ten because there's so much decision making going on there. And uh, but it's I, I think it's heightened by the fact that of the predecessor Johnny Sexton, who was an exceptional player for such such a long time, world class. Um, with, with everything he did um, so there's always going to be a bit more scrutiny I think uh, Jack has handled the pressure really well I think he's performed outstandingly well is there a couple of mistakes in there of course um, we end up talking about a few mistakes I think and I and I get drawn into it myself but it's natural and I don't think Jack Crowley would be too bothered by that um, because I think he's getting enough credit very balanced credit from from everybody mm-hmm. to be fair there's nobody saying this is not working here I think the big plus side here is his confidence um, his athletic ability his uh, his presence is big 
and I love that. Uh, they're the hard things to coach and get right. A couple of tweaks with some of the decision making when there's defenders in mm-hmm. front of him. Um, he's probably you know kicked a few balls. I think the the grubber against France and the crossfield kick were inaccuracies. Probably the grubber was was not the right call. The, the crossfield kick was just a little bit inaccurate. Um, he had one the other day where he's blocked down. He just hesitated a little bit. All that stuff will, will get better because I think he's very diligent in looking back at his own game and trying to get better. And the more, you know, if we were getting blemish-free performances from Jack, I think uh, obviously it'd be great in one sense, but there's a little <laughs> bit to work on. Um, and the conversions and, 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 you know, the penalty he missed in, in, in Marseille uh, would, would frustrate him. When he starts kicking conversions from the touchline, first one in particular, I love the kind of poker face and that determination that he showed. So he's a great fighting spirit, and I think it's 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 all good. I think it's all really positive, um, and I know we 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 want him to do probably Munster will want him to do a bit more better because of where he's from and the journey he's come on, and yeah. we're very excited about him. But in general, everybody is from all the provinces, and Irish rugby fans are very very pleased with the quality of player that's that stepped into to Johnny Sexton's boots and. Um, you know, I was pleased for Harry Byrne as well, getting off the bench and getting, you know, confidence. He's a big athletic player as well. Um, Kieran Frawley, I thought, would have started that game given he was on the bench the week before. But there's obviously a thought process to that from Ireland. And um, but Jack, Jack looks good. He obviously he's got to keep working on that and uh, keep working on his game. But you know, when you think that you go to Marseille and your first six nations to start and perform the way he did, mm. he's physically stuck in the middle of everything. He's cleaning out rocks and a lot of the stuff that maybe people don't see. So um, the brass tacks and the basics and all that stuff are, are, are top class. And um, I think he's only going to get better and better. And he's really exciting that it's happening for him now. Yeah, and he's as well as that like even the fact he, he takes it to the line you know he's getting a few late hits in there as well but it just shows how much you know how confident he is in himself I just especially in the in the first half against Italy I thought he was super in, in his decision making taking it into line knows he's going to get a hit but has the ability to pop that pass or pull him behind he's just got great vision I think Mm. Matt Williams is fairly critical of his kicking accuracy Quinny after the Italy game saying that look if it's not going to be an 85% you're not going to win big games but look when you're performing that well I suppose over the 80 minutes you can be forgiven a few misplaced kicks yeah um, he's he's critiquing a little bit there but I think that's the point I'm making here I think um, you know with any player in any sport unless you're kind of really mature and it's very rare you get a performance in sport where there's no mistake Mm. or error or something you should have done differently like I said there's a lot of scrutiny there I know Matt um, is very very impressed with Jack Crowley Mm -hmm. so I think it can be misconstrued and taken that oh the Virgin Media pundits are kind of looking for what he's not doing well I think they've it's like as if you say nine good things about a person and say one bad thing everybody remembers the bad (laughs) thing so I think Jack understands that, and I well I hope he understands that. And I just I wouldn't like people to focus on not not in Matt in particular, um, but in general I think there is a couple of mistakes there. You talk to the monster coaches, or if you talk to Graham Roundtree or whatever um, after that Northampton game in the pool game, of course there was things Jack came out himself and there's things he should have done better. So that's work in progress. 
there's a lot of positive stuff here and that, that's the big plus we're not looking at a fundamental kind of issues here and challenges um, some decision making which is easily worked on um, and the best way you can do that when there's a lot of fenders in your face is keep it simple give it to Bundyaki give it to Robbie Henshaw give it to Gary Ringrose or just put, put the ball early Mm-hmm. And that's a, probably a communication thing as well. And international rugby is um, there's a bit more pace and there's less time to make those decisions. Uh, that's not to say if you go back and play with Munster that you do it all right because we saw kicking Toulon that if he had his time back he wouldn't do it again. Where Toulon gathered the ball and they they went to length of the field and scored. So yeah, it's it's I think it's important that the narrative here is everybody's very pleased with the way Jack Crowley is going and I'm sure the, the Irish coaches are and that's probably the most important thing because that's who he's focusing in and working with now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's on he's on 81% kicking as well I think with Munster that's the percentage he's on with Munster so it's uh-huh. like from two from two international starts like I think some of the kicks obviously you're very disappointed with the ones that are uh, in front of the post you know if he was kicking from the touchline but I, I, I just feel like it's a tweak it's a tweak in his mentality I don't even think it's changing anything about his kicking game it's just they'll have to dig into his mentality a little bit more just to see how come those blips happened at that time I'd imagine mm. uh, Let's look at uh, Calvin Ash Fiona two tries two games uh, quite the performances from him I suppose and to get two tries in two games is exceptional but that will really kind of settle him down I suppose going forward yeah, look, and I thought, especially in against Italy, I thought it looked really busy. You know, you want the, the style Ireland play in particular, and Munster plays. Do you want your your wingers busy? You want them coming into the line looking for work. And I thought he seemed far more comfortable in in that in Italy. Obviously, with France, you know, his first start it was a huge game, and I thought he was absolutely superb. He's kicking, he's tackling. It's his defense and his decision making around that. I'm I'm really impressed with as a as a winger. You know, at it, international standard we've seen James Lowe in particular he's brilliant at it when that lap pass comes out stopping that offload because you want to kill it dead and make him work from that outside and get your defence back in order so I think he's he's been absolutely super in targeting the ball in the right situations in getting that low chop in when he needs to as well so he's someone that's a Limerick man so I'm a Limerick woman super proud to see him out there um, but I, he he's growing and growing mm. and I suppose at the start of the competition we would have there would have been chatter around maybe Larmer was coming into good form I personally think if you're looking at who's available right now with Hansen out I think Calvin has has nailed that jersey and as I said he's defensively brilliant but it's he's full work around contact he's kicking game he's just been really really good for for Andy Farr yeah super impressive indeed how good was Tygburn against France Quinny yeah he was outstanding I think uh, Joe McCarthy that player of the match and and, and just edged, edged him it could have easily went to to Tyburn as well and did I think, you give uh, that out Quinny? no World, 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 World Feed the World Feed commentators <laughs> did that one or, or French TV um, I think the uh, the thought process of, of Joe McCarthy starting I thought James Ryan would have partnered him so it wasn't that to do with Tyburn's ability or the way he was playing mm. Um, that that potentially could have meant that he wasn't starting. So um, he was amazing, uh, Tyburn, uh, running the line-out. Um, they had a clean bill of health in the line-out. They won every ball. They stole a couple from France. The same at the weekend. I think they're 
you know, two games they haven't lost the lineup, and this was an issue previously. It was an issue at the World Cup, obviously against South Africa, a couple against New Zealand as well. Uh, small moments that have kind of cost a brilliant team, I think. Um, not not solely that, not solely the lineup, you know, but it was uh, really important to win in France. It kind of uh, rubber stamped and, and cemented their ability to go and win that game with with their set piece. Um, their set piece performance, particularly in the lineup, I think Tyburn was was immense. You know, it was great to see. And as as Fiona said, it's great to see Calvin Ash come into the team as well. You know, there's when you think of the the, the World Cup starting team, you've no Johnny Sexton, um, no um, no uh, Mac Hansen, and um, there's one or I'm blank. Um, the centres played with Ringrose. Ringrose was gone, sorry. Yeah, no Ringrose, Hansen and Sexton. So they were three starters. And then you've Crowley. Robbie Hensher coming back in again has reminded everyone how good a player he is. Um, he was superb in the last two games. But I think for Calvin Nash to come in there and look comfortable and score two tries in, in, in um, his first two Six Nations starts was, was fantastic for him. Well, that is it for part one of the Red 78. To listen to the full episode where we look ahead to this week's clash with Scarlets, become an Off The Ball member. Check out offtheball.com forward slash join for all the details. You can become a member on the Off The Ball app, Apple, Spotify or YouTube for 9 99 a month. The Red 78. Nobody knows Munster rugby better. I'd like to think I know a lot.